Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to the Daily Compliance News. The Daily Compliance News is an offering of the Compliance Podcast Network. September 30, 2019, the end of the FCPA Fiscal Year Edition. There were three FCPA settlements on Friday uh, with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, Today is September 30, the end of the government's fiscal year, so the SEC is obviously cleaning out some backlog. So today's episode is going to be dedicated to these three uh, releases, excuse me, uh, SEC FCPA settlements. The first one involves Quad Graphics, a Wisconsin company whose Peruvian, Peruvian subsidiary repeatedly paid or promised bribes to Peruvian government officials to win sales contracts, avoid penalties, and improperly attempt to influence the judicial outcome of a dispute with the Peruvian tax authority. The Peruvian subsidiary also created false records to conceal transactions with a Cuban technology company in violation of U.S. sanctions law. The company agreed to total monetary uh, fines and penalties of nearly $10 million. Barclays Bank got into FCPA trouble for another sons and daughters hiring case. Its uh, Asia-Pacific region provided valuable employment to relatives, friends, and associates of government officials to obtain or retain business. Many of these relationship hires were made through an unofficial intern program, but some were also hired through Barclays' formal intern program. The bank paid nearly uh, $6.3 million for uh, its FCPA uh, FUBAR in uh, this situation. And finally, we had an interesting case involving Westport Fuel Systems, a Canadian clean company fuel technology headquartered in Vancouver, and its former CEO, Nancy Gordy, who is uh, from South Carolina. They were engaged in, she rather as CEO, uh, was engaged in a scheme to bribe Chinese government officials to obtain business and uh, pay a cash dividend by transferring stock in China's, excuse me, the company's China joint venture to a China private equity fund, which the government official held a financial interest. The company concealed the identity of the Chinese private equity fund in its public filings, as well as its books of records, by false, falsely identifying a different entity as a counterparty to the transaction. Gordy caused Westport's violations by circumventing the company's internal controls and signing a false certification on the sufficiency of those funds. In other words, we had the rare FCPA instance where a control fraud actually was perpetrated by the CEO of the company. These three cases really demonstrate the breadth and scope of the types of bribe payments that continue to be made in violation of the FCPA. The Westport case is particularly interesting because of the transfer of stock, so I'm going to take a deeper dive into that on my blog post this week, so I hope you will uh, check out the blog post. Uh, I'm going to take a look at each one of the cases for lessons learned. So a very interesting end of fiscal year for the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, We should also note that there was an FCPA uh, sentencing last week of one Alberto Chacin, 
a Miami-based businessman who pled guilty to a single FCPA conspiracy count and was sentenced to 51 months in prison. He admitted to bribing officials at the Venezuelan state-owned electric company in exchange for $60 million in contracts, which he illegally obtained. So quite the FCPA enforcement at the end of last week. Hope you'll check out the new podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network, The Walden Pond. The Daily Compliance News is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio.